Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Average to Elite podcast. I am your host, Chris Lowe, and today we are talking about my favorite topic, and that is carbohydrates. So what we're going to look at today is essentially how to fuel the training week. So you're going to have a far clearer understanding of what you need to be doing so you can essentially perform at your best. So I always say that if you feel like you're fit enough, but your performance isn't quite there, then it's your nutrition, it's your eating habits. And so when I have a client or an athlete come to me, uh, initially they say, Chris, I'm really struggling with my performance. You know, I'm just not performing as well I as well as I can do. I can't maintain my work capacity throughout. You know, I start stronger than I fade towards the end. And, you know, I'm just not really able to, you know, sort of maximize my ability as an athlete, you know, and really express my skill set. And, you know, the first thing I think at, uh, so I think of and look at is the carbohydrate intake, because we know that carbohydrates are going to drive exercise performance. So that is my first protocol and it's always about carbs. Uh, and therefore, this podcast is neatly entitled For the Love of Carbs. Optimal performance is essentially down to something called high carbohydrate availability. So, generally speaking, uh, athletes who perform at the best perform under high carbohydrate availability, where athletes uh, don't perform quite as well, usually perform under low carbohydrate availability. So carbohydrate availability is essentially the amount of carbohydrates you store within the body and the amount of carbohydrates you have in your diet. So we know that good sort of dietary source of carbohydrates are things like, you know, your oats, potatoes, your rice, your pastas, your fruits, your breads, all that kind of stuff is going to be very, very beneficial. And if you've been following me for a while, then you know that I'm I do love a rice crispy square. Um, probably more on that to come. Um, but when we think of the carbohydrates we store in the body, we're going to be very much looking at the muscle, liver, and blood. With the muscle, you can uh, store roughly about four to five hundred grams of carbohydrates. Uh, your liver, you can store around eighty to one hundred grams of carbohydrates, and then your blood, you can store about one gram, which is very tightly uh, regulated. So when we think of high carbohydrate availability, we're thinking of, you know, lots of carbohydrates in the diet, which is going to reflect the amount of carbohydrates we have in the body to utilize to be able to maximize exercise performance. So when we think of how much or how many carbohydrates we need in our diet, it's very much dependent on four key things. So it's the duration of the exercise event or game, it's going to be the intensity, the type and your body weight. So generally speaking, the longer or further the duration of your event or session, uh, the more carbohydrates you're going to need. The greater the intensity, um, you know, you just be using carbohydrates at a much higher rate. The type of exercise we need to consider as well. You know, if you're doing a steady sort of gym session, versus you know a pitch session um versus you know like a cycle a run um you know you name it you know they all can have different demands generally speaking again is that when we um are at rest we're mainly using fats for fuel and when we start doing some form of exercise moving around our heart rate gets a little bit higher 
we probably shift to using carbohydrates for fuel. And very much that shift is dependent on the, you know, the intensity. So uh, you're never going to be using, say, 100% and 0% of one fuel source. There's always going to be a mixture. So say, for example, I'm sitting down now recording this podcast. I'm predominantly going to be using fast for fuel and then perhaps a tiny bit of carbohydrates. But say, for example, I just jump straight on my bike and do a long ride. I'm going to be start shifting towards more carbohydrates for fuel and if i start doing high intensity based stuff i could be using more carbohydrates again and less fat so we always think of like yes what is the intensity of the session and as i'm just going to dictate the your fueling requirements and then lastly we're going to look at your body weight so everything is expressed relative to your body weight so you may have seen uh, recommendations like you need three grams per kilogram uh, that you weigh. So if you weigh 100 kilos, that's 300 grams of carbohydrates. Or you may have seen like a carbohydrate load uh, recommend recommendations being around you know six grams per kilo. So if you're 100 kilos, um, you know that's about 600 grams of carbohydrates. I six grams per kilo. Um, so when I think of um, this whole carbohydrate availability, I always use the sink analogy. So as we think of a sink, it has a plug, it, the sink itself, like the basin, and then the tap. So if we think of high carbohydrate availability, that's like having the sink fully topped up. And this is very much going to represent the amount of carbohydrates you have in the muscle. So as we are sitting here at rest, that thing is going to be pretty topped up if you're on a high carbohydrate diet. Now, when we start moving around, is like pulling the plug out. So say, for example, if you do a really short 10-minute session, it's like pulling the plug out and then putting it straight back in. You know, the contents of that sink doesn't really deplete. Where if you um, were doing like a two to three, maybe even four hours or bike ride, is like pulling the plug out and then keeping it out. What you'd expect is that, yes, the contents of that sink will deplete much, much faster. Now, say, for example, you weren't doing something overly long, but it's very intense. It's almost like making that uh, plug hole, you know, three to four times the diameter. You know, you pull that plug out, but because the hole's so big, you utilize carbohydrates and the contents of that sink will deplete much, much faster. So what we always think about with optimal performance is just trying to meet the body's demands. So if we know that the contents of the sink is going to deplete, i.e. your carbohydrate stores, then we've got to think of, right, we need to have more carbohydrates through the diet. And what we do then is essentially turn the tap on. So whatever you are losing from that sink, whatever you're using in the muscle, we have more from a diet to try and replenish that. And that is essentially how we're going to maintain high carbohydrate availability. When people um, really sort of struggle with their performance, especially when they start to switch off and start to fade, is when the contents of that sink starts to deplete, either muscle starts to deplete, and they're just not having enough through the diet to keep it topped up. So what's super interesting about this is that once we know that the sink or the carbohydrates in the muscle hits about 50% depletion, so realistically it's not that much, 
and the muscle's contractibility gets impaired. So, you know, it's almost a case of like you're driving down the motorway, you're in the fast lane, everything's going well. You could do in your 77 miles an hour if you live in the UK, 10%, you know. Um, it's like you're doing your sort of uh, in the fast lane and then all of a sudden you hit that 50% depletion and it's almost like you're just thrown straight into the slow lane. You know, you're still moving forward at a decent rate, at a decent speed, but at a much, much lower rate than you're used to where you essentially operating under high carbohydrate availability. And again, the high carbohydrate availability is like you've been in the fast lane, low carbohydrate availability is like you've been in the slow lane. And this happens, this switch is roughly when you hear about 50% depletion. So the whole idea is just to try and stay above this cutoff line. So if you think of, say, a rugby game, for example, you want to be starting that rugby game fully replenished. So that sink is fully topped up, like 100% replenished. And we know that 80 minutes of rugby with some contact and so on is going to deplete your carbohydrate stores in the muscle, so your glycogen stores, by about 40%. You know, a rugby, uh, sorry, a football game would be about 50%, so a 90 minutes football game. A two-hour bike ride at, you know, relatively low intensity, about 65% VO2 max or about zone two, will deplete about 50%. So what we really got to be thinking of is, right, we know that these types of exercise and these relative intensities is going to empty that sink by about half. So we always have to stay above that line. So first thing we could do, like I mentioned, is make sure and really ensure that we start the exercise session as topped up as possible. Then we need to make sure that we're having some form of carbohydrates throughout the session, especially if you're doing games or longer and uh, longer event duration-based stuff. Um, they have some form of like carbohydrates in, in the forms of you know drinks, gels, bars, just to try and offset that sink so your glycogen stores from becoming too depleted. Now, what's really important to remember is that we're always going to be utilizing carbohydrates at a higher rate than what we can actually consume so you're not going to be able to meet the body's demands directly so what we're trying to do here is just trying to reduce the decline in those stores now we know that we get uh, muscle impairments at 50 percent depletion but when we hit perhaps say a 30-ish 33 percent depletion um i you've gone through you know two-thirds of your stores this is where, you know, you get really sort of uh, critical levels of muscle impairments. Now, this is very much a case of you hitting the wall. Now, I think we've all kind of heard the term, like hitting the wall is when our carbide stores are fully depleted and you're primarily using fat for fuel. And we know that fat for fuel is a much slower process to break down and utilize where your carbohydrates uh, can be utilized uh, at a much higher rate. So the whole idea is, again, is just, just to try and stay above that 50% sort of cutoff point. Now, you don't always have to stay 100% because, again, during an event, that's not realistic. But as long as you try and get carbohydrates in to stay above, that's really, really going to be really beneficial. And you know this is going to be absolutely key for performance um, because the first thing that tends to go is that kind of like a spring in your step. You know, you start the session or the game or event 
you know, like you've got that spring in your step, you feel good, you feel powerful, then all of a sudden you just fade, your legs feel heavy, and you just can't maintain what you're doing. Now, that's a very good sign that, um, you know, you've just gone through that sort of cutoff point. And it's a very good sign to try and get some carbohydrates in. But as we know with everything, whether it be no, you know, illness, injury, prevention is always the best cure. So let's try and be proactive with things and get carbohydrates in prior and to start of a session. So as soon as you start, think about getting some form of carbohydrates in. So we can try, try and keep things topped up as best as possible. Now, I appreciate in some sports, like uh, team sports in, in particular, like rugby, football, hockey, so on, you can only really get fluid and carbohydrates on board through stoppages in play, where that isn't really going to be under your control. Um, so I would suggest is whenever there is an opportunity to get some form of fluid and carbohydrates on board, you get carbohydrates on board, especially at halftime. is a perfect um, opportunity to do this. So if you think of like team sports again, what tends to happen towards last or five, 10 minutes, everybody tends to fade. Their work capacity goes out. So the physical performance drops off. And what also happens, the skill set drops off as well. So why is this? You know, your brain primarily operates on glucose. So if your, you know, your liver glycogen goes down, uh, your blood sugars can drop and therefore it's less carbohydrates available for the brain to work optimally and this is where they have or where they see um, mistakes in their skill set and there's some research to back this up when they've given footballers um, carbohydrates throughout and a half time they have better passing accuracy and speed towards the end now if you think um, of like taking advantage of your opposition this is absolutely perfect no, I guarantee they don't know about this and they will not be implementing this kind of stuff. Um, but if you do and all the rest of your teammates do, you know, this is going to be absolutely huge for overall performance and maintaining your performance throughout, not only from the physical, but from the mental as well. And again, like I said at the start, it allows you to express your skill set and show how good of an athlete you actually are. You know, there's no point putting all the hard training in for you to be good for like 20 to 30 minutes you need to be good and solid right until the end and if you're not able to do this and again you feel like you're fit enough then it's very much your eating and it is your carbohydrate intake so if you look at your training schedule for the week you'll notice that you don't have the same demands on a daily basis you may have days where you have low demands some would be medium demands, some high, some very high, and some even like ultra high demands. Now, what I see very commonly is athletes eating the same amount of food every day despite their demand, their demand changing. So what we think happens here, you know, some days you're going to be very underfueled, under-recovered, and you're not going to be able to maintain your work capacity throughout in the slightest where other days you can be eating in excess and you're just going to have too much food on board. And granted, they may average each other out over the course of the week because we do play the law of averages, which is cool for our body composition, but is not going to be ideal for optimizing performance within those sessions. So what I do with all my clients and all the athletes I work with 
is get them to sit down on a Sunday night and really just identify their training plans for the week. And, you know, they just look at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just literally just label, right, medium days, low days, high days, and so on. And then when I come to build meal plans and nutrition plans, I do exactly the same thing. I look at the training demands throughout the week and just assign them into different days accordingly. So again, we can always fuel for the work required and meet the body's demands. And then when I look at the daily planning, once the weekly planning is done, I get athletes to ask themselves these questions. So what will I be eating? Where will I be eating? When will I be eating? And how much will I be eating? Now, if we can answer all these questions confidently and accurately, you know, you're going to have a rock solid nutrition plan and you can be performing at your best all the time. And so all that stuff is really important once the weekly is done first and then you just identify the daily. And just identifying the daily is really important because what I see a lot of athletes do very commonly, especially if they've got a very busy schedule, is that they just don't think about their nutrition. And they might say, have a busy day at work and they've got 30 minutes to get from work to the training session. And they just drop into the service stations, service stations on the way and you know they just grab a meal deal. And there's no real sort of thought there in terms of how much they're eating, what they're eating, the timing of it and so on. And therefore, in the sessions, they not only feel bloated, heavy, sluggish, but they're not even fueled. So just being really proactive with your planning is ultimately going to be very, very important. Now, if you're not an athlete and, you know, you just go to the gym and just do, you know, 45 minutes on the cross trainer, you know, this isn't really going to be relevant for you. But if you have a training session with very high training demands and, you know, um, a large sort of recovery demand within it as well, you know, you really have to be on top of the daily planning and also the weekly planning as well. So when it comes to the weekly planning, we don't necessarily just think of how does my carb intake look on that day, but we also got to think of how does my carb intake that day affect the next two to three days. So again, it comes down to the planning side of things and we just need to be very proactive with it. So for example, your week as a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday float like this. So Monday would be a low day a Tuesday would be a very high day, and then a Wednesday would be like a medium day to recover. Now, on those days, you may look and think, right, I'm actually burning about 2,500 calories on a low day. But on a very high day, I'm burning 5,000 calories. Then on a medium day, about 3,200 calories. Now, just bear with me while I just run through this, a few numbers. Now, if, for example, you did a low day, but for a very high day, you may be starting that very high day, that event, whatever you have on, uh, that session or game or, you know, race or so on, um, under low carbohydrate availability. And this is what I see happen quite a lot is when people um, plan in this manner, they do like a low day before, which most people will do because if they've got a very high day after, they're doing a low day just to make sure they're rested and recovered but they're not essentially fueled for the very high day. And therefore, they're starting with that sink, maybe about 75% full, which again is above the 50% cutoff, but 
because they're starting closer to that cutoff, they're going to sort of run into troubles much, much quicker. So therefore, what we need to do sometimes is have a little bit of a mismatch between the carbohydrate utilization and intake the day before. So say, for example, that low day, you're probably burning about two and a half thousand calories. You may then decide, right, I'm going to have 3,000 calories on this low day, so 500 calories more, and I'm going to have all these calories via carbohydrates. So then you go into the next day, your fat big 5,000 calorie day, and you're going to eat 5,000 calories, knowing that you're starting the event under high carbohydrate availability, and you're going to have optimal performance throughout. But the issue here is that we've eaten 500 calories too much. So what we do then on the medium day where you're usually burning 3,200 calories, we'll have 2,700 calories. So over the course of three days, you've balanced everything out and therefore known that you compensate your calories, your body composition is going to be fine. So your body fat isn't going up because you're not eating in excess. So there's going to be a compromise somewhere along the line. And say, for example, our third day, if, for example, um, you were training in the morning, I'd still try and keep your normal daily eating intake uh, as it is, and then taper off your calories and carbohydrates towards the back end of the day. So the session isn't compromised first thing in the morning, where if you say training after work, then you might just have a low calorie and low carbohydrate meal after it and perhaps recover low or if we're thinking of yes we're going to try and keep your carbohydrate intake high but uh, reduce your calorie intake then we might choose to reduce your dietary fat intake so we can keep carbohydrates relatively high whilst having a lower calorie intake now when we think of optimal glycogen replenishment uh, we have to be thinking that this is only possible under calorie maintenance. You know, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're never really going to be optimizing glycogen replenishment. And that's why it's really important on the day before an event and the event itself, you have, um, you, sorry, you're just not in a calorie deficit. So what I'm trying to get at here, again, it just comes down to the planning element of it. And if you've got really high performance demands, we really got to be on the money with everything. We can't be reactive. We can't just, you know, drive into a service station and grab a meal deal. Like, that's not good enough. Um, so when I think of the planning side of it with the athletes I work with, this is my sort of way of thinking here. So I look at the entire week, look at their daily demands. Where do I need to do a small mismatch in the carbohydrate intake and calorie intake? And how am I going to compensate this after? And how does that then affect the remaining sessions of the week? And then, you know, if you add in another layer of a calorie deficit and we've got a smaller calorie budget to play with, it's like, okay, where do I have to pull additional calories from to create that calorie deficit? Because we know that we're never going to strip away calories and carbohydrates from our performance-based sessions. Now, also, we want to be performing at peak in every session, um, event, or game. But if you're in a calorie deficit, there's going to be some compromise uh, in some way, shape, or form. So like I mentioned in episode one, is that we never want to be pulling 
carbohydrates and calories away from your performance-based sessions. Your other sessions, yes, you might just have a small compromise there. But knowing that if we have adequate carbohydrates on the day before and the day itself, um, we are going to have optimal performance and we're going to be able to maintain your work capacity throughout and you know be able to perform at your best both physically and mentally. And this is perhaps um, one thing I see a lot of athletes do as well is perhaps just um, skipping back a few steps where um, when they're looking at the periodization of their whole week and they just eat the same amount every day, you know, they may start uh, the week under high carbohydrate availability, but because they're eating the same amount every single day and the training demands vary, their glycogen stores slowly deplete towards the back end of the week. And effectively, they just end in the week on low carbohydrate availability and they just feel really flat, fatigued, sluggish. And, you know, you know for yourself, if this is happening to you, like that Friday session or even like a game on a weekend, you know, they're absolutely fried and they feel really flat and fatigued. And what happens then? They're like, oh, I, I really need to recover. So then they just go on a massive binge. They order takeaways, they have sweets, chocolate cakes, you know, name it. Um this is something I see. And then because they've actually had a chance to replenish over the weekend from that sort of unplanned eating episode, come around Monday, you know, they're under high carbohydrate availability again because they've had an actual chance to replenish because they've eaten so many carbohydrates in their diet and they've had a very chill um, perhaps Sunday where, you know, they're not going to be utilizing carbs. And then a the whole cycle starts, like I feel great on a Monday. Um, and then throughout that week, it starts to deplete, sorry, deplete and... Um, you know, your performance just definitely goes south. And then what happens again? You feel like shit, you're tired, you're fatigued, you feel overly depleted, and then you binge again. So this is the cycle we really need to get out of. And um, this is why I kind of put so much sort of emphasis on that sink analogy and just knowing that sink when it goes down by 50%, you're going to run into troubles. And therefore, we need to turn that tap on to start replenishing the contents of that sink, i.e. your glycogen stores via carbohydrates in your diet. So I think if it's sort of like two main things we really need to get out of today's episode is a case of we really need to fuel for the work required. And it really comes down to being really on point with your planning and being very proactive with it. We can't be reactive to planning when you have very high training demands. Now, this being said, you don't have to be high carbohydrate all the time. You just need to have the right amount of carbohydrates all the time. So say, for example, if you are on a down week and you're very sedentary in nature, you're not doing any training at all, and you know, you just got your feet up watching Netflix or playing on the Xbox, like you really aren't going to be burning much energy at all. So therefore your carbohydrate will have to come down. So even though you are an athlete, you will be on a lower carbohydrate diet. But that lower carbohydrate diet is adequate carbohydrates. Again, falling back into that saying, feel for the work required. Now, there's even times athletes would perform under low carbohydrate availability, which I will get into in future podcasts when we look at enhancing adaptation. Um but this is more for the endurance athletes out there. So this is your train low um, paradigm of training. We're essentially trying to train in a 
glycogen depleted state um, to get enhanced adaptations, which is a pretty cool thing. Um, like I said, more on that to come. But if we are looking to perform at your best, for the love of carbs, eat them. Until next time, guys, stay safe and do some planning. Think about your training week and be super proactive with how you approach it from the nutrition side of things. If you need my help with anything, just please let me know. Just comment below. And as always, I love to get your feedback on these kind of things. So if you have any feedback, both positive and negative, please let me know. And don't forget to share and subscribe if you found this episode useful. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.